0: Welcome you all to another exciting sharing with Kopi, with Vance. This is your host, Vance, here. It is so good to see a lot of people are just coming in, tuning in. Thank you so much. I'm sure today is going to be a very exciting and a very informative segment in the house. That will definitely interest you. Yes, that is the topic of breast cancer myth. All right, before that, I would like to introduce my guest speaker, Dr. Chan, practices at Orchard Mount Elizabeth Clinic. As a senior consultant, Dr. Chan Chin-Wan has a special interest in the formation of cancer and how it can be inhibited and treated. Dr. Chan is also an assistant professor at the Lun Lin School of Medicine, NUS, since 2009. Prior to being an essential part of Solis, she was the Colster Sub-Specialty Lead for Breast Services in Singapore's National University Health System. Dr. Chan was also the Tumor Program Lead for the Breast Oncology for National Cancer Institute. So without further ado, I'm going to invite Dr. Chan on board at Copy with Vance. Dr. Chan. Hello, Dr. Chan.
1: Hi. Good evening.
0: Good evening to you. Thank you for thank you so much for allocating your precious time and joining me live at Copy with Vance. Dr. Chan.
1: No, it's always good to touch to get in touch with people and I guess now, especially with COVID, it's harder to connect. And I think what you're doing here is a really fantastic job. So Thank you. Thanks for but inviting me.
0: But definitely, we're having coffee over virtually. So that is a new thing right now. So I'm not sure you're drinking <laughs> coffee. So yes. Um, thank you, Dr. Chan. And uh, Dr. Chan, before we even dive into the topic, um, I would love, our viewers and myself would love to know a little bit more about you. Of course, I did a little introduction on that why you want to be a breast on plastic surgeon that you choose to and you know instead of different varieties of other health specialization you can go to maybe maybe we can start with that dr
1: um i don't know i think it was just a gradual progression because i always wanted to be a surgeon i enjoy operating and it sounds a bit morbid like cutting people up and things like that but even before medical school, that was what was my interest, and so after I graduated, um, I went through my basic training. I did take a break halfway through training to do some research, and that actually was in breast cancer, and I think that's where my interest in cancer started. Um, towards the end of my training, I get I think the way breast oncoplastics is, I I was very fortunate because. Just when I finished my advanced training, that's when that particular tea started to be get to get really popular. Um, in the past for breasts for women, if you had a cancer, you take away the whole breast. Trying to save the breasts was not so common and it was quite tricky to do, especially for Asians, because we are generally smaller sized, we don't have so much tissue that you can move around and so leaving a normal looking breast actually was more difficult Um, and so I just went away to the UK I did one year nine months there but my boss there was really inspirational and he was one of the key figures in trying to help women save their breasts but still cure the cancer and uh, I've always enjoyed it and actually after that time there I really enjoyed my work which It's good because, yeah, I can help and I still enjoy it, which is a bonus.
0: So it's it never an uh, office day or is it not a hospital day for you? It's something like it, as if like you're breathing in and breathing out. It just become a part of you in every part of your cell as well. So glad to hear that, dog. I mean, you know, if everyone have that kind of passion and the kind of energy within them, that they never trade that as an office or work or whatever. I think every day, everyone enjoy whatever they do. Thank you for that, Doc. Doc, let's jump into the topic itself. Um, you know, we, 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 do heard, we do hear a lot of uh, cases about like, lung. You hear about the, you know, all the other part of the body. You know, We even covered a, a topic just about two weeks back, um, pancreatic mm-hmm. cancer as well. But can you please tell us something about these breast cancer stats in Singapore or even the globe as well?
1: Um, okay, I guess in Singapore, uh, breast cancer is a cancer that mainly affects women. Um, out of every 12 women in Singapore, one of them will get a cancer. So I guess if you count the numbers, it isn't so common. But it is certainly common enough that nowadays, because our families are still relatively big, it's relatively common that most families would have one member of the family have cancer, or certainly within their own social circle, friends, Um who would also have been affected by cancer. So it's something that actually touches many people in society directly and indirectly.
0: Mm. And um, how about the numbers in in, in, in uh, Singapore Dog? I mean, of course, oh. we're not going with the accurate numbers, but if you're looking at the cases, I mean, is there a comparison um, we talk about? Yeah. Are we talking about?
1: I guess it used to be a lot lower. We do see the number of cancers going up, unfortunately. And we suspect that it's related to the fact that our lifestyle is becoming increasingly westernized, especially the diet, but also part of the environment. Um, I think about 30 years ago, it was the statistics was 1 in 15 women would get it. But now it's crept up to 1 in 12. In places like Europe and the US, it is 1 in 8. Um, fortunately, our diet is nowhere near that of the west because we still have a very oriental diet and a lot of asian diets you know so the the malay culture and the indian culture each have their own particular foods and i think each of us in our race we do still enjoy our own cultural food and so we don't eat so much of a western diet as as the west does so i think that has that does mitigate it a little bit but because we are increasingly westernized, I mean, look, Burger King, McDonald's, all the burger joints everywhere. It is so easy to get one. So that is part of it. Yeah.
0: And nowadays, if we look at it, all the delicious food are always fried, and uh, yes. everything is surrounded yeah. by food, right? I mean, we can't yes. complain. We all Singaporeans, we love food, but unfortunately um yes process stuff and all that they have their um, side effects as well but mm. thanks doc for that for that um on, on the stats as well um what are the symptoms or sign i know you have prepared more than required number <laughs> of slides which i was very uh puzzled and thankful i think over 60 over slides um, no no, wow. no not that many <laughs> okay about 40 yeah <laughs> That's, uh, so 40 slides, I mean, it's it's really going to be informative. So I'm not sure which one to cut it off. But honestly, it's going to be a, a full training. You know, everybody's going to walk up today. Or they're, going to okay. they're going to lock up. We just see what you can get like through. All right. Um. Do you think that we should jump into the slides instead of me asking you that question? Because I know that the slides that you have, it's going to cover the whole spectrum of it. And I would love the viewers uh, to see that as well. So Dr. Chan, okay. please, uh, your slides, please. Uh, all right for just uh, for all the viewers who are tuning in please give us thumbs up and like or thumbs up and like us same all right and comment if you have any questions because i'm sure we have the last 10-15 minutes for dr chan to uh, give some questions q a time and we also have um another guest who's coming in she's a speaker uh she's going to speak on our experiences she's a, such a lovely and dynamic lady that she's going to come in in a while and i'm sure most of y'all will be wondering who she is it's going to be a surprise but uh right now we're going to see the slides right now which dr chan has prepared dr chan it's all yours
1: okay so i just thought it'd be quite good to go through some misconceptions about breast cancer and also go through some facts so that everyone who listens in has a better idea of what this condition is um, so, if we just start at the very beginning, this is just a basic diagram about what the structure of the breast is. So, under the skin, you can see that this is the centre and this is where the nipple is and you have ducts going into the centre. And this is hmm. ducts that actually, the you can see the pockets of tissue, those are actually your milk uh, lobules, we call them. But they're little pouches and the milk forms in them and then they drain through the ducts, come out through the nipple. Okay, Um, most cancers tend to arise in that particular unit, so the lobule that becomes the duct, that's what we call one unit of breast tissue, and the cancer cells usually arise from that. Um, So if you look at the top of the slide on the left, that is what a normal breast duct lobule looks like in a cross-section. When the cells get overactive and then they form a thicker layer, that's when they actually become what we call hyperplastic. That means they overgrow. And as time goes by, especially if there are a lot of mutations within these cells, which is part of the reason why they go into overdrive and then they never stop growing. And then you see the bottom picture where they actually have grown beyond the boundaries of the duct. And this is when a cancer is defined because cancer cells are abnormal cells, but the abnormality is not just in the cellular structure, but it's also in their ability to invade beyond where they start. And once they invade out, they then enter either your blood vessels or they go into other channels that the body has. And this allows them to then travel out of where they started, which would be the breast and then go to various parts of the body, okay? Um, But let's go on to what it is. So breast cancer is very common. It is fairly common. I think now, like I said, many women know at least someone or have heard of someone close who has had breast cancer, but currently in Southeast Asia, it isn't that high. It's 1 in 12, but if we're not careful, it can go up to the statistics that we see in the US, so 1 in 8, um, a lot of women think that this only happens at a certain time or a certain age, you know. And then you feel that oh, when I'm very young, it cannot happen, or when I'm very old, it doesn't happen. Um, but no, although it is more common after the menopause, women before the menopause can get breast cancer, and young women can get breast cancer. I think my youngest patient was just out uh, twenty. Uh, fortunately, it's extremely rare. However, it it just pays to be aware so that if something unusual is happening, you get it checked out and we know it's nothing dangerous and then that's great. But, you know, if it was, at least we find it and we can get on top of it early as well. Um, And so, yes, unfortunately, there are no age groups that are spared. Unless, of course, yes, in your teens, I've not seen one in, in the really, really young. So the first two decades of your life, you're probably safe. But after that, it starts to go up. In-
0: but dr Chan, um if it, oh, okay the h is just here but the commonly it's about 40 45 and above is that more um,
1: the actually yeah the commonest is actually between especially in Singapore we see it 45 to 60. that's the commonest ban that it happens but before that and after that we do see some the cancers happening although if you look at the facts actually the older you are the more the higher your risk um, in the past, this did not happen so didn't we didn't see it so much because in the past we didn't live so long, but now we all know we are living longer and longer. Now we are thinking whether we should all live to hundred years old. And then, well, yes, when you start seeing that, your breast cancer risk goes up. Yeah. Okay. This is the third one. Only women get breast cancer, more or less. Yes, but unfortunately, men do get it. Um, so for every thousand in women. I think I told you 200, but it's actually, I was wrong. It's actually for every thousand cancers in women, it's one man. So yeah, uh, a lot, lot fewer. But in men, if you do get a breast cancer, it actually means that there may be a genetic mutation. It's almost always due to that. And so then, actually, your children can be affected. Your family, your sisters, and even your parents may also be affected. And so then, we actually go into a different set of investigations in order to try and trace whether there are other... Family members who also may be likewise have that mutation. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, And most men do find it as a lump as well, um, which is what most ladies find. Uh, Because it isn't so common in men, we don't ask them to go for screening. But for women, what we normally advocate is that you should come for screening regularly because we want to find them before they are big enough for you to feel. All right. Okay. But the commonest way you find a breast cancer, if you were to find it yourself, is that you would find a lump in the breast. The good thing is not all lumps are cancers. In fact, most lumps are not cancers, but we do need to be to check them, make sure that they're not a cancer, and then we'll send you on your way, and you can go back to your life as normal. But like I said, if we do find that it is a problem, we hope that we found it early enough so that we can control it, so that it doesn't affect you anymore, and you can go back to life as normal as well. Okay? You know, dog, so, um,
0: just yeah. going to ask you a question here. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I know yeah. we talked about this. I think it's quite relevant here. Yeah. Um, you know, what defines a woman is of course the beauty, the motherhood, and of course, a certain Absolutely. part of a body part is very important, especially the brands yeah. as well. But uh, yes. when you compare this to 30 years back or 40 years back and versus right now we are at 2021, going to be 2022, um, you mentioned that it's now is way much more the higher chances to save the particular tissue or the breast in most cases of course we can't have an exact number but what will the percentage be or what we can say that more breasts can be saved compared to what it was about 40 50 years back
1: okay by and large actually being able to save the breast depends on how big the cancer is because that determines how much tissue has to be removed and that needs to be against how big the breast is. So if you have a big cancer, small breast, then you know pretty much most of the breast has to go. If you have a big breast and you have a very small cancer, just taking out that little space probably will not even affect the overall appearance of the breast. Um, so the, what my specialty does is that we try and push the boundaries to allow people to save their breasts if they want to. It is still a choice. So some women do choose to remove everything because they feel there are certain advantages for them. Um, And so it's not completely a wrong way to go. But certainly what I try in my specialty is that we have different methods, techniques to either rearrange the breast tissue or we actually recruit tissue from somewhere else and use it to fill up the hole that we make. And so you are still able to have a normal-looking breast, although there will be a scar from the operation. Thank you, Doctor. Okay, Um, yeah, a lot of ladies think that breast cancer is painful. And so you feel a lump is not painful. I've had so many ladies come and say, I'm not worried, it's not painful. And actually, that's the one that you should worry about. If breast cancer was painful, it would be a lot easier to find. Um, And most women would not come late. Uh, But no, when the cancer starts in the breast, it starts when the body is already fairly mature it doesn't have enough supply so itself it has no feeling you know so most of the time when you have a cancer and then it actually causes pain it is fairly advanced because it means it's actually grown into the tissue around it it may be eating into some of the nerves and that's why it's irritating them and then you get some sensation all right there are some women who do have a little bit of pain but on the whole most cancer isn't painful so should not tell yourself, oh, it's not painful, I don't have to worry about it. Um, Although, yeah, many people feel that, oh, cancer is, you know, it's fatal, you can't stop it, It if it comes, then I'll just give up and, you know, let it, let nature take its course, but actually, um, given the amount of research and studies that have gone into this condition, because it is a very common condition and so a lot of work has been done in it. Breast cancer can be prevented if you keep your weight down, if you reduce your alcohol intake and if you exercise regularly. All of this actually boosts your body's health but for some reason it also does protect you against breast cancer and so these are actually very good things to do.
0: Is there any other presentations doctor? I mean smoking of course is definitely one <laughs> which is...
1: Smoking is you know, probably okay. the smallest factor that can cause breast cancer. Actually, out of all the various factors that we studied, smoking okay causes a bit. A bit. But if you smoke, you're more likely to get colorectal cancer, colon cancer, um, lung cancer, uh, throat a cancer, lot stuff, yeah. a lot of yeah. other stuff before you get breast. Yeah.
0: Okay. So definitely reduce weight uh, reduce alcohol and exercise. Is yeah, the
1: because the fat actually produces similar hormones to what your ovaries produce. And this stimulates the, can stimulate a, a cancer to grow. Likewise, with your diet, if you have too much of a fatty diet um, or you take a lot of processed foods like you know, sausages, salami, all those things that are cured, they taste really good. But if you have too much of that, it is also not yeah. good for you. Yeah. Hmm. And then um, exercise is good, it actually lowers your risk of it coming back. But with regards to alcohol, it was a long time coming out this data because there actually was a very huge lobby trying not to let it come out so fast. But all alcohol actually is bad. If you drink a little bit, so like one glass, two glasses a week, it does raise your risk a tiny amount. So much so that actually in the overall picture, is probably still safe. Most women don't get any issues with that. Is If you drink regularly and a significant volume, your your risk of breast cancer actually does go up.
0: You know, doc, yeah. I mean, we, we heard this, right? I mean, having a wine is good, you know, but you see the, the, the real issue right now. Is, yeah, but what happens if someone is drinking two glasses a day uh, over a period of seven days, that's going to be a couple of bottles a week, even if he drinks one glass a day. So I think everything should be done in moderate anything excessive could lead yeah. to be a poison.
1: Correct. So I think for most women, what is advocated as a safe limit would be two maximum three glasses of wine. And just be very careful because if you have um what do they call them? Um things like whiskey, cognac, those actually have a higher alcohol content. And so the volume that you can take so it's not one or two glasses <laughs> it's a lot smaller yeah. volume and so just be yeah. careful uh, i'm not saying that you go teetotal you don't have to stop enjoying it but just just practice some discipline and and still enjoy it but in a safe way okay. mm. yeah and so this one actually is it's just a picture to illustrate what the risks are mm. you know so If you don't have any alcohol, you actually don't have much in the way of a breast cancer risk. One glass actually can raise it a little bit. So this is if it's one glass a day, one glass and a pint. So three to six units, you actually get 27 more cancers within a thousand women. And so these are actually not small numbers. It's quite significant. Hmm. Yeah. (laughs) Smoking. It can cause it, like I said, but it's it's actually a minimal risk. So it kills your body in different ways. But smoking for breast cancer isn't so big a risk. The other thing that actually can cause breast cancer is if you go on to hormonal tablets, um, particularly the hormone replacement therapy. So once you hit menopause, it's not so common in Singapore. It's actually very common in the West. But since all this information came out, even in the West, they've been cutting down a lot and they've cut down the duration for which women are allowed to take this kind of replacement therapy. And so that's why actually when we look at the rates of cancer in the Western world, it has dropped significantly and that's because women have stopped taking these tablets for a long time. The key is five years. Um, try not to take it for more than five years um, and then actually your risk don't really go up that high. You know, So some women do need it because... When you go through the menopause it can be quite horrific in terms of the effects that your body may have and and so you do sometimes need this to just tide you over um, there are other protective factors which some people feel could be arranged or for others it may not be so easy to be arranged but actually if you have kids early you have a few children and if you can breastfeed them this all helps um, but it doesn't completely protect you because yeah i remember one of my earliest cases she was her first child my it was she was a mother of three her first child was at the age of 18 and she still got breast cancer <laughs> but she was a lot older after that so when that happened but you know so it helps but it may not completely help everything okay so a lot of people feel guilty when they come down with a diagnosis um and then they feel is there something that i've done wrong and so a lot of questions I get asked is it the bra I wore, and so the answer is no. There's nothing that you can wear that can cause a breast cancer. Um, I did too many mammograms. This one actually is a real favorite because it means that oh, I cannot do mammograms. Then you know I can actually escape from it. But um, no, you actually the amount of radiation that comes from a mammogram is very very low, and so even if you had one a year from the age of forty until you're eighty-five you do not get enough radiation exposure to get a cancer, okay? And so you actually get a lot more radiation just flying from Singapore to the US than you do from one mammogram.
0: Doc, we got a question for you right now. Um, How often should women do mammograms uh, ultrasounds better?
1: Um, Actually, I would say mammograms start between the age of 40 to 45. And once you've got that one, if that first one is normal, do them every year uh, every two years is good if there were some particular concerns which you may have to discuss with either your family doctor or your breast surgeon if you happen to be seeing one they may say you may need it every year but on the whole for most ladies once in two years is sufficient ultrasounds we don't really need unless there is a specific target that we actually want to look at more clearly and that's when um, your doctor would suggest that you do an ultrasound scan so by and large, we do not say that you need to do ultrasounds for screening, although it is more comfortable and so a lot of women happily take that on the health screening package and then they don't take the mammograms.
0: And doctor, uh, add on to that, also they call the self-check. Uh, I mean, there are certain yes. procedures that you know a woman can check in order to find out where this lump Will that be also be effective? Because that is the first um, level of examination before they see a dog? Or what do you think? They should visit the dog every, like what you mentioned and suggested?
1: I think that one is actually a little bit of a double-edged sword because I think on the whole, for most women, it is a good check because it makes you aware of what your breasts feel like, um, how they are normally. And so then, if something were to change, you would be aware of it. And hopefully, that would be what would prompt you to see a doctor who may then decide whether further checks are necessary. Okay. If you look at all the information that's been published, actually, most people feel that doing regular checks don't really help in finding cancer earlier. And I think, but that's why I feel that it is not the intent that you find cancer earlier for the self-checks, but I feel it's just to make you more aware of what you how your breasts normally are. And then so that you are better equipped to find that, oh, if you, you notice a change and then that may actually then prompt you to come and do something about it. And, and I, that's the key thing, I think, just to be aware of how they normally are so that you don't overlook any subtle changes or things like that. Yeah, Yeah. the other thing is, um, memo- so a lot of ladies come and they, the first thing they tell me after we tell them they've got cancer, but I did, so I did my mammogram last year and it was fine, so I don't need to do any more. Mammograms only is like a photo. They show you what it is at that point in time, so they cannot predict the future. It doesn't. You need to do them regularly because something can always happen in the future and it's only if you do a regular mammogram that it can detect changes that may happen in the future. All right? Um, yep. Some people are worried that, you know, because when you go into the mammogram, eh, there is some pressure, and then if you have a cancer there, they feel that it will squeeze the cancer and then cause it to spread. No doesn't happen. The cancer is a lot tougher than that. Um, And then this one actually then goes on because then people feel that, oh, what if I do a biopsy? I'm poking the cancer, I'm causing it to have some damage. And then does that cause it to spread? And again, no, it doesn't cause it to spread. Okay, so these are all necessary investigations that we have to do in order to decide whether there is a cancer or not, but they do not cause the cancer to progress or spread in any way and so it is completely safe all right yeah Yeah. another myth is that oh it could be antiperspirants deodorants that cause the cancer and the answer is no um the hair dye actually now unfortunately a little bit of information has come out about it so if you dye your hair very regularly and this would be every eight weeks okay then you actually can increase your cancer risk if you don't do it so often um Or if you look at the chemicals that make it up, try and go for the more natural ones so that there's not so much of the chemical effect, then actually then your risk also will go away. Um, This one is also very common. People feel that taking too much uh, milk, yogurt, cheese can cause it, and no, it doesn't. All right? Soy products. I I don't know how come soy has such a bad rep for this, um, but no 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 effect you can drink is, is, that, is that
0: could be the reason doc uh, is it could be the reason because they talk about the genetically modified you know food are they are talking about right now and you know what goes in they're not sure i mean that could be I the another so.
1: spectrum i suppose so but actually my argument is you know if you look at the japanese they probably have one of the lowest rates of breast cancer if you're thinking about a really proper first world country that is Quite fully industrialized and things like that they consume as a lot of soya you know is in everything that they eat and their cancer incidence is nowhere it's certainly not like it is in the west um and it is at the most similar to what it is in singapore or possibly even a little bit lower so now you can go ahead and enjoy your soy milk i think the main thing about soy milk though is the sugar if you have too much sugar because yeah. it's very sweet then that is not good Alright? But otherwise, no. No no issues.
0: So, yeah. there is options to go for reduced sugar or less sugar but unfortunately, the culture still have to come in. Like you mentioned, well, I mean, you mentioned about Japan. Um, mm. Agreed. You know, they the Japanese love to exercise and uh, I would, I was there in a seminar about three years back and I, the way I, I saw them uh, in, a, in a seminar group where I think the oldest one was about 85, 87. I think doing way much more better than me. So, I think um, the, the kind of culture and habit I think they have, um, you know, following it for generations.
1: Yes. So, I think
0: that should be spread over to our part of you know, area yeah, as well.
1: That's right. I think it's good. I think one thing one thing that COVID has really done for Singapore is that it has actually increased the amount of exercise that people have been doing. I see a lot more people exercising now than yeah, I did before COVID fine. days.
0: Okay, Everybody's doing their exercises the at home. So every gym has become a home home gym.
1: Yes, that's right. People have, yeah, there's been very hot, the sales of exercise equipment. Yeah. Okay. And so these are certain things that also cause people to worry. Um, Doing implants, so putting in breast implants for cosmetic reasons, this doesn't make your cancer risk go up. It may make doing screening a little bit more difficult, but we can still do it. So don't worry about it. Um, some people worry that having too many abortions, because sometimes that natu- nat- that happens naturally, you can't stop it. Uh, but again, it doesn't affect your risk of breast cancer. And for those who actually have problems conceiving, and then they feel that in order to get fertilized, you have to inject a lot of hormones, that increases your risk. Again, the evidence is not there. And so it is still okay. If you want to have children and you need to do it this way, it is safe. All right? All right. Right. I don't know how we're we doing for time. Do we have to stop? And um, me...
0: I think we have one more slide, right, Doc? If I if I'm not mistaken, because from forty ah. we talked about one, right? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Okay. Why don't we just go through this? This yeah. one. Um. So a lot of ladies feel uh, breast cancer should run in families. My entire family is safe. We don't have a single one. And unfortunately, only five to ten percent of breast cancer runs in families. The majority of cancers. The women who come to me, they are the only one who develops it. And so while breast cancer can be hereditary, um, it only is hereditary in one in ten. All right. Nine out of ten, it isn't. And so that's why screening is important. You need to go for regular checks, even if there's no family member with breast cancer. Okay. So do we want to, I think...
0: Uh It should be good, Doc, because right now, you know, why is that? I mean, I got to tell you why. Because the questions that I have prepared or we have prepared a few questions and I think what the audience want, um, I think you have covered it very well in that slide, the PowerPoint slides that you have covered. So thank you, Doctor. Thank you so much. Um, Right now, I have uh, another speaker who is just going to jump in. And I think she has some questions as well. She's such a dynamic lady. Um, She came to Kopi events, I think, a couple of months back. And the amount of supports and friends and families was just amazing. Um, a, a true life story that she went through. Uh, such a supportive family and where she is right now. And through the emotional period, she battled it. And now she is with us. So let's invite Primula. Hello, Primula. I think you need to un- uh, unmute your mic because we can't hear you. Yes, can you hear us? Yes, can you hear us? Can you, yes. Okay. I think you still have to unmute it. I think it is on. a uh, Um. I. We can't hear you. Can you try? Can you hear me now? Yes.
2: Hello, doctor.
0: Thank you, Primla. Uh,
2: yeah. Um. My name is Primla, doctor, and let me just introduce quickly on uh, on myself. Doctor, basically, I was um having a lump while I was pregnant with my second baby. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, uh, what uh, and at the same time, I was also breastfeeding my first son. First child. First child. I, he was almost three. So he was so clingy. He was not really. I'm not, I was not really feeding him, but he was latching on. Like, there was milk. And uh, when I first had it, I, I think it was about seven months. And uh, I went to my gynae and I told her I feel a lump. I think it was quite small, like um, uh, probably a hazelnut size. Yeah. So and uh, when she scanned... Of course, uh, we know some information, right? So when she, my father passed away out of, uh, by the way, my father passed away out of esophageal cancer when he was 49. So I kind of know the malignant, benign uh, terms, you know. Also, so when she told me, she told me it looks quite benign and it, it did not have any uh, out of shape tumor or something like that, right? So, but I was quite, I was quite worried. Then when I delivered, the lump was still there. It was getting bigger and I went for, to her again and she told me, uh, it looks fine, but if you want to do a biopsy, you know, it's really up to you because you're milking and you know? all. So, she didn't give me a proper guidance, you know, as of, you know, I think you should or you shouldn't, you know. She gave me a choice. Mm-hmm. So, and then she told me to come back after six months. And uh, I started work and the lump was getting bigger, but I still did not go because of the lockdown and all these things. I mm-hmm. took it, I was quite complacent about it. Love. And then as I was pumping, feeding, pumping, feeding, and one fine day, I I just realized there was a lump under my armpit, and I knew that it's game over Okay, so I said no, I have to go, and she told me that she will be um, operating in her clinic. Then I said no, it's okay, I will just go to the right surgeon and I'll get it done. And then they confirmed that it was uh, the doctor. 99% in the in the during the ultrasound, she told me like, I'm sorry, but it is it is what it is. Uh, a biopsy is just to categorize it. So it was quite heartbreaking, and when I was categorized, it was HER2 positive, uh, ERPR negative. So it's a bit um, on the aggressive side. Uh, I just told my my surgeon, uh, she's a very good. I just say, just say, remove my breast. I don't need it. If you need to remove my both breasts, you know, just remove it. La- Fortunately, there was no spread to the other parts of my body. So it was one, only one of my lymph nodes were affected. Uh, in total of 18 that was removed. I removed the entire lymph uh, nodes. So, uh, and, uh, you know, the thing, after removing, there was such a relief. But I also asked my doctor if you can remove the other one. Then she told me, no, 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 don't remove. It's not according to our protocol and all that, you know. So mm-hmm. I'm like this uh, very uh, freaking, I mean, very scared. Uh, so, and I'm still scared anyway. So I'm just trying to put up a smile here. <laughs> but, um so I have a few quest, a few myths that uh when I was uh, when I when I was like feeling that it was cancer, people say, Oh, no way you can get, you know, you're breastfeeding, you know, you're breastfeeding, chances are very low. And so this kind of thing kind of blocked my mind, you know, how can I get? So I thought it was like milk that I was massaging it, massaging it, you know, trying to get uh try to see whether it's a milk, you know, put hot compression la, everything, you know, thinking it was milk. So mm. um uh, then another yeah another misconception is also that um, when you scan I feel like any woman who sees a lump or feels a lump they should do a biopsy like they should not just stop at ultrasound right so I think doctors or surgeons or whoever should immediately refer them for a, rather than giving us a choice because we are in on the other side we are we are their client or their customer right so so I think doctors also should emphasize on an immediate biopsy, whether it's a needle prick or a cut-through, right? So uh, mine was a cut-through biopsy, by the way. Mm-hmm. So right now, doctor, I completed my chemo, and I did my radiation 15 cycles in between my chemos, and uh, I, I'm, a, I'm on targeted therapy now. I completed mm-hmm. 17 perceptive jabs, mm-hmm. and I've got one more to go. Yes. So I have a few questions for you. My first question yeah. is, <laughs> how often should I be doing mammogram? On the other side of the breast, I've I after my uh, mastectomy, and uh, I have done one PET scan after uh, a year of from the surgery. So, can you tell me an, a good solution for it or an answer for it?
1: Okay, um, the mammograms for the normal side um, once a year. Okay, that's yeah, that's all you need. You don't need any more. For the PET scans, most evidence show actually that. Because you did have a little bit of disease in one of the lymph nodes. Um, Correct. Your oncologist may feel that they do want to maybe keep a little eye on things for the first couple of years. But if everything stabilizes and then each time the next one or two PET scans are normal, you can actually think about not doing it anymore. Um, What the current evidence shows is that if we find it... um, If we find things too early, sometimes we may not have the necessary treatments in place and then you would be left in a little bit of limbo because you can see something, then we think that we need to treat it, but we don't have anything appropriate, okay? Okay, But that situation is actually changing. Okay, Um, And so this is something that, although we say now, it isn't something that we would recommend, but there actually are quite a lot of advances in terms, especially for breast cancer treatment. And now that potentially sometimes, if it is appropriate, your medical oncologist, so this was the doctor who actually gave the chemotherapy to you. They may feel that, oh, with certain advances, it may actually be worthwhile doing a PET scan every now and then because if we do see something, then we can start Like targeted treatment again, you know, similar to what the Herceptin is. And that may actually then control things or even stop it in its tracks. And so, but this is a moving target. So at the moment, because our, how do you say, our, what we have to control things properly is not quite at that stage yet. So we aren't doing it on a regular basis. It's still not recommended that you do routine checks whole body to see whether the breast cancer has spread yeah that's not standard
2: okay and uh doctor um tumor markers yes what is here uh, your...
1: <laughs> okay tumor markers are actually pretty good for certain cancers breast cancer isn't one of them um, and even for the cancers where they are in a way counted as established they're also not 100 percent fail proof um. because you may have like even colon cancer, pancreatic cancer, these actually do have some tumour markers that are strongly linked. You may have the cancer, but they could still be normal. Okay, So what most doctors would do once you have a cancer, and so for breast cancer, if you had it, we would maybe do a check and see what your tumour marker levels are like. If they were high, and then after treatment, they dropped, then for you, actually, those, that is, those are good signs because it means that we do have something to track your cancer okay, okay okay but it could be normal and so if it was normal when you had the cancer and then it didn't change with treatment then I, i'm not sure that doing it regularly actually would be very helpful for you okay, okay. Uh, for many women out there because now there's so many insurance screening packages and they always include tumor markers you <laughs> shouldn't be doing them
2: <laughs> because
1: okay. um, what a lot of us doctors see is that oh you get sent to a doctor because your tumour marker is a little bit high. So say the top band is number 25 and then you have 27. And then, is that bad or is that good? You know, it's like, no, it's it's probably nothing. You know, when we think about it in hundreds or thousands, you see? But because Um, it's above normal, firstly, the insurance company says, oh, it's not normal. And then, (laughs) that's a different thing. And then, after that but because you know it's not normal then you worry about it and then you end up having it checked maybe over a year a few times to see whether it goes down to normal and then there's always a minor panic when oh it goes up again and then goes down again yeah so tumor markers should only be done if you have cancer because then it may be a good way of checking the cancer's progress but not before
2: Understood. we don't have anything
1: like that that's good yet at the moment
2: Okay, doctor. Since since I was expecting my baby and she is a girl, and mm. uh, what do you recommend for for her for, for her yeah when she grows up?
1: If you don't mind, can I just check how old you are? I'm thirty four. Right. Okay. Um, you are actually a little bit young to be getting a breast cancer. Um, and so first of one of the things that we would ask you to consider is to do genetic testing. Okay. Yeah, I also haven't asked. Are there many family members who have cancer in your family, or are you the first one?
2: Uh, actually, on my maternal side, there is uh-huh. uh, n- there is no one who has it okay. or had it. Yeah, okay. I'm I'm okay. the first. But okay. on my paternal on your... side, hmm. paternal side, uh, my father he ended up with an esophageal cancer, and okay. uh, his sister had a mastectomy, but there was not okay. a there was a benign tumor.
1: Oh, okay, okay. Very big, no, so, be nice. Okay, you don't have a high-risk family, all right? Nope. So, correct. And so, to be fair, your chances of this breast cancer in yourself being due to a genetic condition is probably not very high. But okay. because of your age, it would be worthwhile just doing a screen, you know? Okay. So, this is the screen to see whether there is a problem in the genes. Um, If there isn't, then as far as your daughter is concerned, firstly, she cannot get any abnormal genes from you because your genes are normal. Oh, okay,
2: okay, okay. Yes.
1: And so her risk for breast cancer would still be higher than the normal um, other women who because because of your own risk. She shares similar genes to you. And so that is what puts her at a little bit of risk. We would advise okay. her to probably start doing regular breast checks from the age of 25. Okay. Um, she would be too young at the age to do mammograms. And so we would say she needs to start mammograms by the age of 30.
2: Okay. Okay. Yeah. Understood.
0: Yeah. All right. Now Thank I have uh, a question for Primula. Thank you, Primula, for the question. I mean, you have came to show Too many questions. Yeah. no no your questions are great i mean honestly but what we want to ask you and also for the viewers in in front of dr chan um when you are going through these um i mean the the the, the medical science is always finding a cure for cancer right but of course with medications with chemos and of course preventives and screening checks are actually bringing the cancer a little lower The, the markers are lower right but how is your mental state how do you uh, fight through this. I know you have spoke about this before, about your families, your guru, your husband, you know, your, fa- your whole entire family. And I know you one of your friends also shaved, you know, uh, long hair together with you. But what you were going through and what is your message to people out there, especially for women who was going through this battle?
2: Okay, so I think Dr. Chan, you know how many patients come on a daily basis to the hospital, right? So likewise, every time when we is my dog so every time when we um when just a minute huh?
0: okay there was a dog <laughs> sorry my okay. puppy
2: so every time uh we we uh go to the hospital or we, we pay a visit to the hospital there is so many types mm-hmm. of people and various types of cases right so like in the recent case dr chan i have came across like the mother and both daughters were diagnosed in within a year yeah, so all three, two of them were actually receiving uh, oncology treatment at the hospital which I'm taking right now. So likewise, the, the journey is not easy, When Like mm-hmm. it is, yeah. even though I may appear very brave, or it is every now and then we have breakdowns and I can just cry sitting down and thinking of my kids. And I, I, it's not easy. Mm-hmm. But having said that, it changed the entire person of who I am today, because it made me appreciate my life, and you know, not to take chances of you know anything. And I became a vegetarian, and I don't take processed food. I don't take any anything that could cause could cause a reoccurrence, you know. But beyond that, I leave it to God, right, Doctor Chan. That's just somebody else that we have to believe in, you know. So, uh, what my advice would be to the people out there is: don't take chances, and uh, don't worry if you're diagnosed with breast cancer, because there's, as what Dr. Chan said, there's so much advancement in technology and treatment. So the survival rates and, you know, there's a better chance for everything. So for people out there who's listening or who would listen to this, just um, be more prudent and uh, keep your family members uh, happy all the time and give them good food. And for those of you all who have kids, I think we should start eating healthy from young, reduce sugar and not too much of indulgence in uh, fancy food. La. Mm, yeah. Thank all. you,
0: Premala. Thank you, Dr. Chan, for spending almost one hour with us. Um, I know oh, we pleasure. talked about 45 minutes and 15 minutes of this Q&A. And I think um, a lot of our viewers are enjoying it. it it's an awareness. It's an exposure to understand about their own body that we live in. And I think this video will be recorded and it will be in our social media so that uh, anytime anyone can actually watch it. Uh, Dr. Chan, before you know, you take your leave, is there any advice or tip that you want to give, your tips to viewers out there who are watching this right now live?
1: Um, I think just be Careful, but you don't have to be over-cautious. Don't be too paranoid um, because then the stress will just go the wrong way. Um, Do what you need to do. Do a mammogram every now and then. Sometimes you forget to do it every two years. It's okay. Do it in the third year. All right, but um, just do regular checks. Be aware of what your body is telling you. Be aware of any changes. Um, And if you think that these changes are not quite right, go and see a doctor about it. Uh, Most family doctors do know when it is a little bit suspect and so they do push you to see the appropriate specialists when you need to. Um, but, yes.
0: Thank you, so Dr. All. Chan. Thank you so much for spending up with us this one hour of your precious time and I, I'm really g- grateful for that. We will definitely will stay contacted and uh, we will definitely go for coffee virtually or whether in real when the situations <laughs> get better. Thank you, Dr. Yep. Chan. You can I take a leave so right good. now. Thank you. Okay. Thank you,
1: You're Doctor. Welcome. Thank you very much. Thanks. It was nice meeting you. Nice
2: meeting you too.
0: All right, Primula. That was Dr. Chan, who spending who spent almost about an hour with us. So now you are with us in the show. um I know this is the second time you are coming in, and of course, oh, this is the third time. Oh, wow, that's good. In a year, within a year. Thank you so much. I know. Um, but you see, it, it is always very inspirational to invite uh, people who have went through difficult times and challenges and obstacles to overcome it. You know, that gives me inspired to, you know, to have the show every day. But, you know, with, with possibility, with the possible, you know, we are doing it once, uh, once every week. But Primala, just tell me, where do you get this kind of motivation? I mean, you, I, I do see you. I do follow you. Uh, is it because of the love that is surrounded by you? Or the well wishes that around you—you you are always been positive. Um, you just mentioned that you know there are some times where you just tears will just flow, Kanirgal. You know the tears will just come. But what is the thing that keeps you going?
2: Okay, I think this is just the spirit to live, la uh, Once we have no choice, but we have to move on to we have to move on this life, you know. So, and you have your kids. You have your, you have everything in front of you and you just have to be brave, at least put up, at least uh, put up uh, a good, um, good uh, face in front of my kids, you know, but no doubt my son does understand uh, that I have because he can see physically I'm not normal, but once I just don't know what to say, it's scary, it's eerie, it's everything, but you just have to keep yourself occupied. I read a lot of books. I, I watch a lot of videos. I, I work. I've started working. So work is keeping me very occupied. And um, uh, other than that, I, I play I play classical music now. I'm learning. So a lot of things that I just try to keep my mind occupied and not to take any stress. Yeah.
0: You know, Primera, I, I would like to say this. I'm not sure if it's, is is that the one you are doing it? They say that the mind is a devil's playground, but it can be also a God's playground, you know, because Absolutely. it is what we are putting in, right? Like you see, you said you were doing your prayers, you were doing all other styles, your family was around, your guru, especially your husband, the supportiveness, the supportive, the kind of supportive that he has given you. And you see, you have just becoming stronger and stronger and stronger in life as well, and also been a, uh, you know an example for people out there to how to live positively you know we we do complain things for little little things when the bus is late when the food is unhealthy or when the food is tastes not so good you know we, we're saying the weather is hot but we always want to put the other the spectrum the other side of the area that you know people do have a lot of stuff they don't have the people Can who I? are on the other side but yet yeah, people complain but when uh, when when an incident or when a strategy hits them hard, then they start to realize that, hey, you know, then the whole world crashes. But, you know, you have been so, such an inspirational and I'm I'm always welcoming you for my show. Uh, Thank you. Sure are many more shows is going to come in. I know some of the viewers want it in Tamil. Uh, we will definitely will want to do it as well. And now if sure. you can look at it, there are so many people are sending their love and their messages across social media right now. It's the best way to get connected. Rather than staying negativity and seeing all that's not productive, um,
2: absolutely. Once, know, I think there is a question uh, for me. There is a question yes. for me on mammogram. How many times, uh, yes, I... okay, I got it. Yeah, please go ahead, uh, Anis. Uh, I did not do mammogram because we, I think, it was not recommended below 40 to do mammogram, so I did not do mammogram. I, I did not do any, any scan to my breast except for the fact that I had the lump, only then I did uh. Uh, uh ultrasound and then it, then and a biopsy then yeah that answers your question Anis, yeah.
0: all right so um Pramila, i mean i know tomorrow is another working day i don't want to keep you long on our copy advance you you ask the questions um with Too Dr. many Chan. questions uh. <laughs> in fact we love to have more questions but it's just that uh everybody you know have certain uh, schedules right um and also yourself as well. I mean, you're also working. Um, Prabila. any final advisors? I mean, your, your tips and advisors are always great for people who are listening. This you can either say in Tamil or you can say in English, not an issue. Whatever you're comfortable, just pace around or you talk, you know.
2: Okay. Um. So, when's uh, what I learned from before and what I learned from now is Indian Adri, what matters is how we feel inside, right? So, what, what is in the outside is, is just external. So we have to keep ourselves happy at all time and whatever, at all times, and whatever we say or do, we have to be very conscious. So I did, I did a lot of mistakes in the past. I did, I did realize it now. And I, I'm, I, I have um, taken that I will not repeat those mistakes. And uh, so like what uh, Dr. Uh, mentioned just now like I I did feel the feeling like um, did I do mistake to myself you know all that will come when you are diagnosed you know you feel like you are God is punishing you or something like that that thoughts do come very frequently but then you come to an acceptance terms that you know whatever happens is for a reason thank you
0: Pramala I mean you have spoken very well um, thank you so much for inviting, uh, accepting my invitation for joining uh, at Kopi events on a short notice to share your real life experiences as well. And for viewers out there, if you want to see Pramila's uh, interview session in Tamil and in English, please uh, visit over the past couple of videos that we have over since past two years. So and has definitely have done almost three, including these three, right, Premala. Three, right? Yeah, three, three. Yeah, so she done three. So more to come. I wish you all the success. I wish you all the best, Primula. Thank you so for much for you, for your future, and for your family. And I will really love to see you again in the next copy yeah. with friends.
2: Thank you so much, Vance. Thank you so much, Thank Thank you you for you so much Catch me you around. You. Okay, bye-bye.
0: You. bye bye. Bye Oh, bye bye. <laughs> Sorry, catch you around. All right, that was uh, great talk session um thank you to all viewers who have just joined who have just joined and those who had joined earlier as well thank you so much um great messages are coming in for Primala as well as dr chan who talked about breast cancer's issues and what to look for and i think that this video will be not i think it is will be recorded and it will be in our social media in our youtube instagram sorry not instagram LinkedIn, and Facebook as well. We are trying to go into Instagram as well, but eventually, yes, it's on the pipeline. But the good thing is we are going into podcasts. So there will be a lot of podcasts coming in so that you can just put it on and listen without any videos that are going to be launched. And um, next copy events will be a podcast as well. Thank you, viewers. So if you do have any uh, questions, or if you want any topics that you want me to cover um, in health segments, Please do so because there's going to be a lot of interesting topics that's line up for the month of December. Um, in fact, the the whole idea was to have two shows of in a month. But looking at the responses and the support and the viewers are asking around, and I think, you know what, let's have four sessions a month. So, with that kind of support, you know, Copy events, this is Vance, I will do what it takes. So, thank you so much for joining me in Copy with Vance. I'll catch you again in our next show for now. Adios, amigo.